So does your career energize you with life or does it drain you? Recent Gallup polls show that a whopping 70% of us feel disengaged in the workplace. There's just gotta be a better way. Welcome to our authentic careers where it is my job to uncover the ideas and strategies that can help you become better aligned with your career. I'm your host, Gert Sabar, and I interview people like you and me about the twists and turns in their career paths so that we can all achieve greater clarity, meaning, and fulfillment in ours. And on this week's podcast, my guest is Abby Bliss Hodes, a longtime colleague of mine out of our New York office, though one with whom I've rarely had a chance to actually work with during my seven years there. Our paths simply haven't crossed all that much. But that's neither here nor there just a tidbit on our background and relationship. That said, I asked Abby to be on the podcast for a very specific reason, and that is that she's now been uniquely and specifically called out by two previous guests, A.G. Bevilacqua, and most recently, last week's guest, Josh Aptai. And they both called her out for playing an important role in their career development. So naturally, I was intrigued and wanted to know more. And what I found, and what I hope you'll find, is what seems to be a pretty straightforward answer. And that is that Abby is, at her core, a person who values relationships above all else. A true empath who can easily step outside herself to see the world from her friends, family, and colleagues' perspectives. Which, in hindsight now, makes perfect sense. So, without further ado, allow me to present to you Abby Bliss Hodes. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, for agreeing to do this. I'm nervous. I don't live up. No, you will be perfectly fine. So here, <laughs> I promise you, you'll be perfectly fine. So question number one, do you ever think about the concept of purpose or mission or what it is you're meant to be doing here on this planet? Sure. I think that I... I don't think I really started to think about that or, you know, really seriously think yeah. about that until I became a parent. Yeah. And I, I, I feel that that has made me so fulfilled in so many ways that I know that my mission is to, like, be a great mom and help to shape these, these little people. And how do you see your work life by way of that context or by way of your purpose and mission? Does your work life play a role in that? I think it does because it, it helped me to understand that a little bit better and that those days when I was or still am, you know, crushed by a client deadline or, you know, something totally just goes awry, I think that it helps to really ground me in that sort of, we'll get through this, it's okay, Um, and, you know, to help help me understand and put things in perspective, as well as to help to, while I can't certainly impart that feeling to my team, help them to sort of weather through a storm as well. So you actively use sort of this idea of your kids and being a mom to them as kind of a 
it's a tool in the arsenal. Like a guide. It's almost yeah. like a guidepost for me because I feel I've never, I've always been a calm person. I'm not hysterical in any way, <laughs> but I think that it has helped me to help my team to say like, okay, you guys, like we're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. Right. And to, you know, help them to understand. I can help bring them perspective. Yeah. And Abby, I'm going to ask us from a slightly different angle. Are you today in your career where you thought you would be when you were younger? I don't think I really thought about it much when I was younger. Uh-huh. I wanted to be an FBI agent. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so in that context, no. Because <laughs> right. um, um, I'm very far from an FBI agent. But right. I... <laughs> I don't think I thought, you know, I really had a vision for myself. So I don't think I've fulfilled the vision or not fulfilled the vision. Got it. But you joke about being an FBI agent, but do you have any recollection? Was that kind of the first idea you had of something you wanted to be when you grow up? Yes. Yes. I think it was just, you know, pop culture or movies. And I think I always, I'm fascinated by bad guys uh-huh. and what like like bad people and right. what drives them and I just remember you know in like fifth grade I got certified to be like a peer counselor uh-huh. just as you know and starting to help to it's like it was, as I think about it now it's like quite progressive right. and to talk to other kids about drugs and alcohol right and so I think I was always just like sort of wanted to be like a good guy. Yeah. And so I think that that's where that came from. What happened to this idea? How did I go so wrong? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just curious what happened to it. You're doing all these things early on, right? You're deciding to be a peer counselor. and Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that I I didn't. I just didn't like really research it. I didn't sort of pursue it. Uh-huh. And I went to college, um, you know, knowing that I was like going to have a major and have a career uh, to be truthful about it. I think that academics in college was secondary to me. Yep. Like I did well in college, but I think it was secondary to social. Yep. To like, ha- you know, meeting friends and being away and going to football games and all of that. Like that, that is what I saw as the primary college experience. Right. And so I started to, and that's fine. I feel like that's helped shape who I am. And so I started to take those um, business classes and felt like I didn't really like them. Yep. Yep. And so um, at the, where I went to school, communications with it was, at the time, within the journalism school. Yep. And so I thought, oh, that sounds cool. I've always liked to be a writer. And so I started taking some more journalism-oriented classes, which then led me to communications and PR, which then I really liked. Yeah. So, um, so I gave it up pretty easily, I guess <laughs> I would say. <laughs> but Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Got it. And so um, I'm going to stick on the FBI agent for a second, but was this a concept that you, leading up to college, was this something you were kind of actively discussing at home? A little bit. Uh A little bit. When I was growing up, my dad owned a store, a pharmacy, and he came from like a line of pharmacists. And the way he describes it, my grandmother, he grew up in Philadelphia, just gave him money for the trolley and told him he was going to pharmacy school. 
Like, there wasn't a, a discussion. She just was like, here's your money. Right. Get on the trolley. You're going to be a pharmacist. Like, good luck. Right. And um, my mom was a teacher, but she had stopped um, working when my older brother was born. And so I think that while my parents are wonderful and guiding, I don't, I, I just don't know that we had, like, a lot of discussions about you know, sort of, the world is your oyster and you can be all of these things. It was just like, you'll go to college, you'll figure it out. Right. Got it. Yeah. Um, was there something in particular that led you to believe that studying business was going to be the gateway to becoming an FBI agent? Well, because I sort of started in this, like, idea of international business. Got it. And I always took a lot of Spanish classes in high school, and so I continued to pursue um Spanish as a second language and so I was like oh you know I'll speak another language and I'll like you know sort of develop this like international business angle yep yep so you're in college you're taking these classes you're realizing they're not for you economics and statistics I'm like god this is so boring right. <laughs> yeah yeah and because I was always much more interested in what was happening, like, in my sorority, like, planning the parties, planning the events, and right. doing all that, that once I started taking the journalism and then some of the advertising and the PR classes, I'm like, oh, I think I like this better. When did this idea of sort of PR crystallize as, like, I'm going to pursue this profession? I think it was probably my junior year in college. Yeah. I, um, you know, when you start to think about internships and you start to sort of crystallize a path that you're going to pursue. And when you think about PR, does it fulfill this sort of social aspect of you or is there sort of other things that you're getting out of it as well? I mean, I think it's a few things. I think for me, it does fulfill that social aspect. So not only in, you know, figuring out how to communicate, and that being, you know, an inherently social thing, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or to large groups of people. Yep. Um, but then in the way that I work at the agency in teams of people, and, you know, my favorite part of that is the social aspect. My favorite part of my job is getting to work with my colleagues. Right. And then also um, those client relationships. And so I think it, it, it fulfills my, like, relationship piece. Yeah, and Abby, can you tell the listeners what is it exactly that you do today? Yes. I'm a senior vice president at Ketchum in New York um, in our brand marketing practice. And so I lead a um, piece of business in that practice. Got it. Um, and you mentioned that your, your mom was a teacher, dad mm -hmm. was a pharmacist. Any other ways that you think either um, through watching them, you know, kind of, or, or listening to them, they had an impact on your career, either explicitly or implicitly? Less about my career specifically than more about how I work. Yep. So, like I said, my grandfather owned a pharmacy and then growing up, my dad owned a pharmacy, not the same pharmacy, yep. but my dad worked seven days a week. He never ate dinner with us. He came home every night at nine o'clock. And like the, the, my dad's store and my dad's pharmacy was like the center of our family. So yeah. we all worked there from when we were little. We all, you know, we, my brother and I are 16 months apart. And so when he got his driver's license, my parents bought a car 
for us, yep. but it also we then needed to take on the doing the deliveries for the store. Wow. So I think it really shaped like a, a work ethic within my brothers too, that you just like you work, like that's what you do. What's that like growing up in a family business? It's really fun. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, um, you know, like I said, it really drove a lot of how my family operated. It was yeah. in the, it was, you know, I grew up in a relatively small town and pharmacy was in the town. So everyone knew my dad and knew my family um, because he was like the town pharmacist. Yeah. And then, um, you know, like I said, it just always, I, I mean, from the time before it was legal for me to work, I worked. Right, right. You know, we always were in the store working, helping, cleaning shelves or bagging or whatever it was. And so I don't think that our parents ever had to, like, sit down with us and say, like, this is a work ethic and this is what, this is what you do. It was more just shown in how they act. And my mom worked there too. So, and, and Abby, was there any expectation that you would somehow continue the business? Never. And I kind of wish that there was, okay. because being a pharmacist is a really good career. Right. Well, what about it? And when you say that, obviously you're saying that in comparison to, to what you're doing. What's what's the difference? No, it's not better or worse. Certainly, yep. I think that. Um, but something yeah. something's alluring about it. Yeah, oddly enough, my sister-in-law is a pharmacist, and she went to the same school that my dad went to. Yep. And so my brother married a pharmacist, and all, you know, I have a lot of cousins that are pharmacists. We just come up from a family of pharmacists. <laughs> right. And so, listen, it's a, a well-respected profession that is always needed. There are a million different directions you can go in. Yeah. And, um... I also think it's a really good career for working women Yep. and working parents um, yeah. because, you know, like one of my cousins, when her kids were younger, she worked part-time in a retail store. It's just a, like a flexible, flexible very, yep. and, you know, they always do those surveys of like the most well-respected professions, Right. and it's always kind of at the top of the list. Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, jumping around here a bit, Abby, on a scale yeah. of 0 to 10, where 0 is a total non-issue and 10 is a big, dark, gloomy shadow, how large a shadow would you say that financial considerations have had over your career path to date? I will give it a 7, uh-huh. more so now that I have a family. Yep. So, you know, because as you are young and you're single and you're pursuing your career, I don't think that I thought about it at all. Uh-huh. But now, certainly, when you're responsible for more than just yourself um, and you think about all of those things that you want your children to have, I think that it's, you know, certainly becomes a motivator. Thinking back on your career to date and thinking about your friends, family, and colleagues, has there been a consistent thread in the type of counsel that people have sought from you? I think that people come to me when they want to figure out how to deal with a situation with a colleague or a teammate yep. and, you know, sort of handle something delicately or what's the best way to handle so in a relationship context, yep. and then same with a client perspective, just sort of, you know. How to because, handle clients. Yeah, because I, 
um, I guess my gut is always to put a relation, so to come at things from a relationship first. Yeah. Which isn't always a good thing because I'm not always the one putting business first. Right. You know, I always come at things from the relationship first. Yeah. Um, and if you think about uh, family and friends outside of work, is there a consistent thread in the type of advice that they've sought from you? Um, I think it's the same. I think it's the same. I think about, um, you know, my mom will call me and say, oh, well, my neighbor did this or my neighbor did that. How would you handle this situation? Uh-huh. Or, you know, my just same with friends or this happened. How should I handle this situation? Yeah. So I think it's the same. Yeah. Where do you think that aspect of you kind of this relationship-based counselor, where does that come from? She would probably deny it, but it probably comes from my mom. Uh She, I mean, she's just like also a really fundamentally, just like a really nice person. Um, My dad and I actually joke about it because she never will talk badly about anyone. And it's annoying. Uh (laughs) You know, like she'll never go there. Uh She won't gossip like anything. So I think just, you know, sort of fundamentally like finding the good in a situation, finding the good in other people, like always wanting to handle a situation so that, you know, for the most part, people come out of it feeling good. And then let me ask you this question from the other side of it. What does it feel Mm -hmm. like to you? to be giving that kind of advice to family, friends, and colleagues? Um, it feels good. It makes me feel useful. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. It feels good. Looking back on your journey to date, what would you say has been kind of the biggest aggravation of your professional journey, if anything? Or is there some career decision you might choose to somehow undo or redo? I don't think there's anything I would undo or redo. Mm -hmm. Um, I sometimes um, reflect back on the fact that, you know, I've been at the same company for 18 years. Right. So, you know, certainly I have moments of reflection on that to think about what if. Right. What, you know, what if I had you know, pursued something else or, you know, had gone in a different direction. So I don't think there's, I certainly would not undo it, um, but it has, you know, that type of career path um, causes reflection. And Abby, what would you say is your biggest career highlight to date? I feel like I've had a lot. Uh Um, Just like different projects that I've done, when you see them to completion, you feel just so satisfied or, you know, awards we've won. I guess I felt pretty proud personally. We have an award at um, Ketchum that's named after um, David Drobis, who was our chairman, and it's sort of, you know, a client service award. And again, because that's what I consider myself to be um, skilled in, and so it's, you know, a prestigious award, and I was given that, and I think not just getting the award, but sort of reading what my colleagues wrote about me, 
just, I mean, I felt good about that, but I still feel good about it. And when I'm having a bad day, I click open that document (laughs) (laughs) and read it to, you know, remind myself, like, all right, I can do this. (laughs) That's right. That's great. So, yeah, I think I felt really proud of that because of what I felt that what my colleagues said about me is how I um, want to be seen in the world. Yeah. And what are those things? You know, like some of what I've been saying, being thoughtful and, you know, being calm in a situation and, you know, trying to always look at things from the client perspective and which may not be the popular perspective in the room, but to say like, Hey, can we look at it from their view? And, you know, just talking about some of the client relationships that I've had for more than 10 years and that just makes me feel really proud of that. Um, Last question here, Abby. Knowing what you know today, how would you advise your younger self? I would tell my younger self that things, I mean, I think it's what I tell myself now, that it's like tomorrow will be another day and, you know, things will work out and just to like stay positive because I think my younger self, I got worked up more about things than I do now. Abby Hodes, thank you so much. A really, really good conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Our Authentic Careers with me, your host, Gert Sabar. If you like what you just heard, I hope you'll let your family, friends, and colleagues know all about this little podcast. And since it's early days here at the OAC, your rating, and especially your review of the show on iTunes would also be hugely helpful and very much appreciated. If you think you or someone you know would be a great guest, please, 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 please don't hesitate to reach out at ourauthenticcareers.com.